Matt Money-Smith here from the Petros and Money Show saying a big what up Utes to all of you listening right now on KUTE Radio. Hey guys, this is Dwayne Perkins and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. You know it. Listening to KU Radio's only podcast, OU Radio. And it hurts so good. We have a giant coming in studio today, Mr. Patrick Ramirez. By giant, are you referring to the one and only Phonokalafi? The Phonokalafi, Josh Phonokalafi. Yes, sir. He's a giant, huh? He's He's, a giant. He's a big guy, I guess. He is a huge, huge man and one of the funniest men, I think, in the Wasatch Front. It's going to be good to talk to him. I got some questions. (laughs) Not about him being a giant, but other questions. And he's playing the movie game, yes? Yeah, sure is. Gaining steam, this movie game. He's got no room for error. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to see how he does, see if it needs some reworking. <laughs> to make it, I might have made this game too tough. You're going to have to see. This is going to be a test of his skills. Yes, sir. He's uh, just called me. He's battling the fire department to get here right now. Yeah, what's uh, what's going on there? On the campus here, there's about 18 fire trucks holding some sort of like uh, some sort of thing where I don't I think a building might be in danger. The chemistry building. Really? Yeah, it's probably some kid mixing chlorine and putting aluminum foil together. You know, making bombs. And that's that's why they're all there, huh? Is that confirmed? No, 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 no. (laughs) That's completely unofficial. (laughs) I just went out. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a big traffic jam going around the campus here. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope I don't have to pay like $45 in parking fees for all you guys today. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're going to have to find that out. That's going to make me very unhappy. So about 7.15, Josh Fonokolafi in studio. 8.15... Michelle Bodkins coming in to talk about uh, Utes in USC and then uh, this coming up week's game, Utah at Arizona State. Oh, it's a big week. It was a big week for sports, and then they got another big one. And all of us were at that game in one form or another, so that should be interesting. Definitely we'll be talking about the bad behaviorisms of the USC student-athletes. Because I noticed it, and Michelle told me she noticed it. So. Oh, really? Okay, I'm, I'm interested to hear this. We'll then. compare and contrast uh, the University of Spoiled Children and their behaviorisms. Anything fun going on this week for you, sir? Yeah, I'm around. I was telling, telling some people beforehand. Uh, I went bowling yesterday after there's an open mic show here on campus Mondays. And uh, everybody decided to go. I started this idea. I <laughs> came up with that. It's like, what's up with that bowling alley? A lot of people don't know there's a bowling alley in the student union here. So give me the crew. Okay. Well, four of us went bowling. Myself, 
uh, Jonathan Falconer, who is like one of the uh, organizers of the stand-up comedy club here on campus. Yes, he was just on two weeks ago on Camp Jackie with Jackson Banks. Yeah, yeah, he went bowling, and these two other people who are uh, been doing the open mics a lot, um, a guy named Colin, and this Colin girl. Waters. Colin Waters, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, you know him. I've seen him. I don't know him, but okay. I've seen him a couple of times, and he's like. I want him and Guy Seidel in, and then I don't think I ever need a, need a comic in studio because I would have interviewed all the talented ones. Yeah, he was real fun, and this new girl's been going around. I like her a lot. Her name is, uh, she has a weird name. Amara is her name. I forgot her last name. She's single? She went bowling with us. She is because we all were comparing Tinders at one point. Well, let's get her in studio next week immediately. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. She's real nice. Colin had his own bowling ball. Of course he did. We went bowling, <laughs> and I guess he thought we were joking or something, and we got up to the register. He's like, oh, if we're really going to do this, I need to run to my car. Got his bowling ball and his bowling shoes. <laughs> he yeah, keeps them in his trunk? That, that's what I said, and then when he explained uh, it to me, it could not have made more sense. You always got to have use. You don't know when you're going to bowl. That's you what I say about bowl. my machete in the back of my car. Same thing, exactly. <laughs> you got to have a machete and you got to have a bowling ball and a poncho. And a poncho, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he uh, he had his own bowling ball. We had a good time. I didn't know campuses had a bowling alley. So he obviously won, then, Mr. Colin Waters. No, he didn't win. <laughs> that was the weirdest part about it. He was lukewarm at best. Oh, that tickles me, sir. Yeah, yeah, because the guy has his own bowling ball. You're like, uh-oh, ringer, this guy is good. Kind of like a guy who has his own pool cue. And then uh, and John, I think Jonathan had a high score to it. None of us really did, did you, that great. Did you crack 135? No, I don't <laughs> no. think we saw uh, a lot of three digits yesterday. And what was it, a buck a game? Is that what they charged? No, I think it's four. Oh, they raised the prices. Might have been. I had to get some shoes, too, factor in some shoes. What happens if you have toenail fungus? Can you get shoes? Uh, You could because they didn't ask me anything about that. I just said nine and a half, and they're like, here's your shoes, sir. (laughs) So not too big of a a, uh, betting process to it. I just put them on, started bowling. (laughs) But to me, that's just so crazy that there's a bowling alley on campus. You can actually take a bowling class to get credit. I knew you could take a bowling class. I never put it together that the bowling alley was here at the Union, though. And it's got a really cool ball return. You know, if you've been to a bowling alley, you bowl it, it goes behind the thing, and it all magically comes back. On this one, you see the ball come back. It rolls back on this little, this little track that's exposed. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's like really old-timey. It's like how, you, how your grandpa bowled. They used to serve beer there. They used to have cake dispensers. Really? Back when the school was a wet campus. That was a lot of fun. When was that? Mm, I think it ended about 2007. Oh, wow. That's fairly recent. I thought you were going to say like 1889. <laughs> no, it was an LDS school back then. So. Huh. Yeah. It's, this school was founded as an LDS school. Oh, it was really? founded by Breedham Young himself. Really? And the guy must have really liked bowling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I will... Have an institution here for higher education and bowling. These are my words. Be gone with you. <laughs> but it was fun. I, I'm definitely going back. Somebody wants to go bowling Monday nights. I think that might be my new night. Hmm. I need competitors and one person with a student ID. Is this female comedian? Is she really cute? 
Yeah, yeah, she's cues a button. Hmm, I've I like seen her buttons. at a few um, open mics around town, and sometimes you see someone go up, you don't know them, mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, I like this person. You know, I, so that would be good to have her come in because I don't know her story at all. Well, I she like wears really weird sweaters. She wears like Bill Cosby sweaters. Hmm. And she just became, I just became friends with her on Facebook and all her pictures, she has the same sweater on. Is she on Twitter? I don't know about that. I don't know if I've looked for her yet. But she's, she, every time I've seen her, she has the same sweater on. So that, that might be a good question. She might either be kind of going for a thing, for a look, or she might only own one sweater. Or she could be getting weight. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's a crazy world out sweaters there. Sweaters are fat suits, sir. That's why I always wear one. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. What kind of sweater do you wear? I wear hoodies. A hoodie sweater, yeah. Those or are... zip-ups. I like the grandpa-style zip-up sweater. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Grandpa-style? Yeah. Okay. You never do the full... No zipper like Bill Cosby sweater. This girl wears Bill Cosby Only sweater. Only if I'm taking a beautiful woman out to dinner Ooh. or I have to go to a place where I don't want to wear a tie and coat, I will drop the sweater. You've I am a sweater this. guy. Yes. Do you have like a formal sweater that has sort of like a ribbing? I have several, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> you should, uh, this might be a good Twitter pick uh, theme you could do. You know, get pictures of you in sweaters. Well, I've decided I need a girlfriend, so... You need I'll a girlfriend to take pictures of your sweaters? Oh. You're selling yourself short, man. You're, you got it backwards. Uh. You take the pictures of you in the sweaters, that's how you get the girlfriend. <laughs> You're thinking of about it the other way around. Yes, sir. Yeah. Should I do the Jordan Maziotti bow tie with my sweater, too? That's right. That's his thing. Yeah, bow tie. <laughs> sweaters. Sweater, bow tie. Just watch it roll in, my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to break. Uh, Mr. Fonokalafi is here. And when we get back, we should have a hysterically fun time with a man who is headlining Wise Guys. I don't know which one. I assume it's probably Ogden coming up here soon. So get tickets. We'll find out. Yeah. School is back in session, and so is OU Radio with your hosts, Rebecca and Sasha. Catch us at our new slot this fall, every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. at KUradio.org. If you haven't, please like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Radio. Hi, this is Randall Carlisle from ABC4 Utah. All Ute Radio will be right back after this.
Josh Funno Kalafi, how are you, sir? I am great. I'm so happy to see you. I thought you moved back to Washington and you had said goodbye to Ogden. I tried. You failed. I failed. Why? (laughs) Nobody leaves Ogden. (laughs) Dude, I was up in Ogden the other day doing a radio remote from a Mavericks by a homeless shelter. Oh, yeah. It was very uncomfortable. Sweet gig. (laughs) (laughs) and so all these really creepy people were coming by and then this guy was telling me for about 35 minutes of how this maverick gas station is nothing but filled with hookers and drug dealers and he was just building my anxiety and he proved right i saw some ladies of the afternoon like they're working their way up the evening, <laughs> like an internship. I those saw. are the ones you don't want in the afternoon. Those are the ones. <laughs> yeah, sure, those 3 p.m. ladies. <laughs> I saw some men missing lots of teeth, which indicates meth to me. Oh, yes. And then I saw these two cruisers. Like, they had on motorcycle jackets, but they were driving a PT cruiser. And they would come back to the gas station about every nine minutes. So they would hop in there, drive somewhere, and then come back and circle around, park, and then keep doing the whole thing for the whole two hours I was there. Just <laughs> serving them heads. <laughs> like, it was really weird. Wow. <laughs> was there pimps? Pimps drive PT cruisers down there. <laughs> <laughs> I my, my first experience when I moved back to Ogden five yeah. years ago. I was driving down to Walmart, um, and I was headed down to Wall. And on my way down on 21st, there was this woman carrying a, uh, a red gas can. <laughs> and being the good person I am, I like rolled sure. my window down and I was like, hey, you need a ride down to the gas station? And she was like, she was like, nah, honey, how much you got? And I was like, oh, I, I, I think I made a wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one ever says being a good Samaritan can really bite you in the ass. You know, no one ever floats that. You're just trying to be a nice guy. You ended up having to floor it out of there. She so probably would have. That's me part of the prostitution coach. uniform is a red gas can. Yeah, I guess that, that's like a notification. <laughs> that so anyone in Ogden <laughs> looking for a red gas gas can at night? <laughs> that's right. That's so dirty. <laughs> is this? Am I right to assume this is my water? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it on the raspy Mexican's water. <laughs> That's Josh's new name for me. The raspy Mexican. Raspy Mexican. Which I didn't even know I had a raspy voice. That's such a good name. Well, that's it a is. good hashtag. I like it. I like it. It's, that, it's like I could be a Mexican wrestler, too, with that. Oh, we should get you a lucha mask for Halloween. Yeah, I could be the raspy Mexican. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like uh, I like your nickname that I heard like a year ago. Your last name, Phonokalafi. Yeah. Right. And I don't know which comic because you have to tell me called you Josh, phone booth full of coffee. <laughs> Craig Craig Bielik. Craig Bielik is that, that who? Nickname. Yeah. And did he legitimately thought think your last name was no. Josh Phone Booth full of coffee? Everyone everyone panics before they bring me on stage, and they always like because they see ten letters starting with an F, and they're like, <laughs> oh no, and then it usually comes like four letters starting with an F. <laughs> so I hear you're headlining. Yes, this Saturday down in Ogden I'm headlining. Oh, how ex- you're so funny. I hope so. Who's opening and middling and hosting for you? Uh, the only one that I'm, I'm aware of is, is uh, Aaron Woodall. Aaron Woodall is going to be hosting my show. I like Aaron Woodall. Like, yeah, Aaron Woodall's a good guy. He came in here he a did. couple of months ago with his baby. Of course he did. 
Saturn, baby. You still doing that baby bit? Oh my God! Come on, man, freshen it up, right? It's his ventriloquism act. <laughs> so, is this your first time headlining for uh, West no, Guys? This this will be my third third, third time. When's headlining. the first time you headlined? Uh, it was like it was like three years ago, I think. Nice. Yeah. Were you nervous about that? How long have you been doing comedy before oh, you got gosh. to headline? Before that point, I like two years in. Uh huh. And I, I just asked Keith, and he was really. First, he looked at me with his squinty eyes, like I wasn't gonna make him money. <laughs> and it made me kind of scared that I wasn't gonna make him money. <laughs> he tried to squint a dollar sign out of you. <laughs> he was trying to look at you. So you convinced him to to headline you, though. Oh, yeah, I was like, I was like, any money that you don't make, I'll I'll pay you. I'll, <laughs> I'll buy all the tickets. Up. <laughs> Were you nervous? Oh yeah. Hell? Oh yeah. How did it go that first time, you think? Uh, first time was really well. Uh, second yeah. time was really well. Like, I'm, I'm pretty good at keeping that straight, that same line of not doing any better. Uh-huh. <laughs> no progress. The best hitters in the major leagues only hit 250, Josh. Right. I don't know why you're downselling yourself. <laughs> They're missing seven and a half pitches every time. Right. So anyone, anyone who shows up to the show... Can, can definitely expect the same show as last time. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Consistency. Here to Mr. October, Mr. Consistency. So are you, are you going to be that guy in 10 years that has the same jokes? or? I, I hope not. <laughs> I halfway thought you were going to say, I hope so. I hope, they work so God well, right? Willing. You get with something, it works. <laughs> I, uh, no, when I saw you with Steve Solberg a year ago, you were phenomenal. Like, I think you probably were a show stealer that night. Oh, thank you. Personal opinion. Thanks. Yeah. So, like, you want my phone number now? I got your phone number. Oh, big boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're way past phone numbers. Yeah. We're on so a texting relationship now. Gotta so. pay for dinner at some point. So. <laughs> <laughs> squint some more dollar signs right now. So, what happened to Washington, sir? Uh, Life. Life. Just some stuff came up. I'm actually uh, enrolled in school. I thought you were going to say you were going to get married. No, no. Oh, no, no. That's not for another 500 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm enrolled in school, so I thought it would be best to have a job. What are you studying? Uh, that's a good question. Well, what school are you at? <laughs> uh, it's actually through BYU, BYU's online ed. Hmm. So I broke my promise. To never go to BYU. <laughs> Why'd you break it? Because because it's cheap, man. It's All right. Had you had credits before? No. School, so this is your first college experience. Well, it's not my first one, but my first college experience had all like 900 classes. So no wonder you have Aaron Woodall on your team. You guys are BYU boys now. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I won't be on campus ever. Hopefully. Well, I would advise you to go do BYU radio, but they don't have any talent down there. So. Look at this guy throwing daggers. <laughs> kind of like their football team. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> they scout them off from Samoa, and then they all don't play very well here. <laughs> it's the altitude. It's the got to be. It's got to be. It's my excuse for everything. It's like, why are you speeding altitude? It's <laughs> had to be, officer, man. Yeah. You and Woodall, I like this team. You'd be like BYU, uh, some sort of comedy team. BYU, yeah, be Woodall, and Fonakalafi. Phone, I'm pretty stoked about it. I hope he doesn't do a lot of jokes about his baby. 
Because <laughs> you hate kids, don't you? I don't, I don't. You should tell him, like, hey, you kill with that baby bit, Aaron. So he does his baby bit, kills, and then you do 15 minutes at the top how you hate babies. <laughs> you know, you set him up for this. Yeah. That'd be good. I hope you guys like those baby jokes. It's about to get real, everybody. And your closer is like you de- decapitate like a doll. Or Do the whole O.J. Simpson spiking of the baby and uh, <laughs> naked gun. <laughs> Just an idea. Give me that baby. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Just an idea. Just an idea. Just an idea. <laughs> Babies. <laughs> What's the? You've done comedy a long time. What's the biggest change from say feature to doing a headline set? Obviously time, of course, but yeah, it's it's trying to for me like it's trying to convince an audience like <laughs> to like me. Yeah. <laughs> Like, How many minutes in do you think you need for that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, like, like, I've been doing this thing for a while where I've been testing how many times I can remind the audience that I'm a Polynesian. Instead of? Yeah, and, I, and my, my record is 10 minutes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so no material, just reminding them. Hey, did you guys remember? Why do you think that's important? Oh, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to see if I could. <laughs> you get the uh, Polynesian question a lot? Uh, no, I usually get the Mexican question. Yeah, lot. I was going to say. People. Yeah, that's probably like the go-to for someone. Yeah. You're going to guess something. It has to be Mexican. <laughs> but it's, you're Polynesian. Yes. I and then what do they say when they, when they guess and you have to correct them? What's their reaction? Oh, they just, they kind of look befuddled and they're just like, oh, you guys all look this, the same. And then they walk away. <laughs> <laughs> they want <laughs> just I, leave, had, huh? I had one guy. I uh, I dated. I was dating this girl and her brother at, at the time. I was running a landscape. You dating her, this girl and her brother? Oh no, I, I, that came out so Player. wrong. Player, stud. Right? Yeah, I that, love, you probably saw him at that Maverick Center. I love, I love all people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was uh, a lot of phone booth to go around. I was I was running a landscaping business, and, and her brother was like, "I wonder what a, what does a Polynesian look like mowing a lawn." <laughs> Just like a Mexican, only bigger. <laughs> what a specific question that guy had. Right. <laughs> Is there a lot of racism in this community towards the Polynesian community? Um, I, you know, I don't. I, I really haven't felt that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people talk about Polynesians being treated differently, but I think it's better. Like everyone loves our food. They love our dance. Oh really? yeah. Like we're like the exotic pet. Keep you in a in a nicer cage than the other ones. Right. Yeah. Like like some people are like, oh, I got a black friend. Like other people, other people from Utah are like, I got a Polynesian friend, and everyone's like, what's that? Like, oh my gosh, let me tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> they have this dish they make called chop suey, and then I have to remind them that's Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give them like the wrong ethnic stereotypes? To describe yourself, just to see how many you could get get away with, <laughs> to it. At some point, I'm like, "Hey, wait a second! These don't have straight hair and are good at math." <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, "Gotcha!" And you just like run off into the woods. <laughs> get to the woods. <laughs> into the woods. I added that last part. You know, you can finish that however you want. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> Polynesians. Are you the Jackie Robinson of Polynesians in comedy? Like the first across the line? Yeah. Uh, I No. I, I, there's guys that have started before me. Kermit Apio is like huge. He opens for Brian Regan all the time. That guy oh, is that's hilarious. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I've, I've heard like some people have contacted me from Facebook and they're just like, oh, I'm a Samoan 
from California and I love stand up. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, don't steal any of my material. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still doing your movies on uh, YouTube? I remember how we talked earlier about me being a big failure. <laughs> no, I, I haven't uh, gotten any projects lifted off the ground yet, but because I watched those videos after you came in studio and they were hilarious. The one that was in black and white with the oh, hallway, right? The banana pill break. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyone who hasn't seen it, where where do they go find those videos? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's. I, think <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I need I need to find it and put it somewhere where I can find it. Right. I think it's under my name, right. which is like a bad choice for a YouTube channel. Yeah, because you got a high chance of them spelling your name wrong. Right. You should just change your full on change your name to phone booth. Full of coffee. <laughs> Legally change it. When I first when I first started doing comedy on the weekends, uh, and I started hosting, Jack actually yeah. came up to me at, in Salt Lake and he was like, dude, you need to change your name. <laughs> All right, so, go to the American Islander. Is that what it is? The yeah. American Islander. Yeah. And he said, You gotta change your name? Yeah, he 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 was like, You need to change your name because he couldn't say it. And and so when I came back it was Joshua Fonakalafi. Oh, yeah, there and you he go. Was like, he was like, dude, that's the wrong name. So then I came back the next week, and it was Joshua T. Fonokalafi. <laughs> I got it, Jack. Instead of Joshua Fonokalafi, Ted Fonokalafi. <laughs> and my check. Thank you. Can I give you some career advice, sir? Yeah. And it might sound very arrogant for my part, but WWE, the wrestling organization, oh, yeah. just fired or did not renew their ringside announcer, the guy that introduces everybody. Oh, yeah. Dude, I think you'd be so money at that job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got a good announcer voice. Yeah. I do. I want to do voiceovers. And you're I'm big, oh. so you could take bumps, you know? You in the big show. <laughs> take bumps? Yeah. <laughs> I could be part of the show. That'd be awesome. You're big. You could do bumps. I mean, take bumps. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but WWE Quick has bump. a long line of hiring comics. Patrice O'Neill, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good idea. You ever thought of getting into wrestling? You're a big guy. You ever wrestled? I used, I used to wrestle in high school. Oh, really? And, and I think that would be a problem because, like, not that it's fake, but I know that it's, like... Watch your language. Oh, I know. <laughs> but I think I would, like, put someone in a lock and they would be like, hey, you're supposed to let me go. <laughs> I'm like, I am? I am. <laughs> I let you go 20 minutes ago. So uh, are you a big fan of movies, sir? I love, I love movies. You've watched a lot of movies in the past? <laughs> yeah. Okay, because we have this game show that's movie-based where we listen to a couple of bits and you decide which one's more appreciated by critics. And so the defending champion right now is the brilliant Jason Harvey. And I want you to go up that ladder and take that belt, you know, in people's elbow that same. Metaphorically smash Jason Harvey in the face. That's right. We'll drive right to him and you can can taunt him. You could boot him like you're playing paper football. He's a small guy, and you just go give him a little flick and punch him through the uprights. Can I can I say I love I love Jason Hart. <laughs> he's like he's like a skinny tiny Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to give him a hug all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hug him. I hug the little guy. I'm gonna put him in my pocket and take him. Home. <laughs> <laughs> little pocket Harvey. Walking around Harvey. Yeah. But today's theme, like, always have a theme for the game, too. So we got you in studio headlining this weekend. So today's theme is comedians, stand-up comedians in movies. Okay. Is the theme to it. So 
basically I'll give you the matchup. We'll play a little clip. We'll listen to it. We'll talk about the movie, and then you can give me your guess, and then we'll keep score. Okay. So. No, so we're not starting the second. Oh, all right. We, I, we got a good break and change recorder, and I would play commercials, but we're still having issues with this system, so we'll just play a quick song. And You're at Ogden Wise Guys. Ogden Wise Guys this weekend. What's the best exit if you're coming from Salt Lake? Uh, probably the 21st Street exit. Okay. And then you just backtrack the 25th. So it's a quick drive then. It's oh, not yeah. going all the way up to 33rd then. No, no, it's not too bad. Nice. And you're doing two shows each night, Friday, Saturday? Uh, no, I'll just be doing one show on Saturday. Okay. They, uh, they, they close the club on Friday because of Halloween. I didn't think I could compete with candy. <laughs> just bring some Cheetos, sir. <laughs> you have candy at your show. That's right. That'd Skittles awesome. under every chair. Who's not ready for a sugar rush? Right. And then sit down and pay attention That's right. to me. <laughs> Halfway through the check drop, everyone's like, can't do it. Can't do I gotta it. go. I gotta lay down. Oh, you could have done a babysitting service with the kids and just had all the parents drop off their sugar hide oh, kids. I just put them in a cage. <laughs> yeah. Put them in a cage out back. Sounds like a good idea. They come back all in cages. You know you want to, parents. Dragging <laughs> mugs across bars. Did so, y'all have a good time? Where can they interact with you on Twitter, sir? At Josh Fono is my Twitter account. That's with an F, F-O-N-O. Yes, with an F. Nice. Patrick, what are you doing on Twitter? You, you got a show kind of coming up in two weeks, right? Yeah, in two weeks in uh, Provo. Mm-hmm. Doing a show put on by uh, the funny, the lovely Nicholas Don Smith. His Dungeons and Dragons show, which I still have no clue what's going to happen. <laughs> this thing. He hasn't they, tuned you in yet, be huh? driving up, walking straight into a mugging for all I know. <laughs> But I'm going to show up. I'm going to entertain those muggers. They're going to take the $12 out of your wallet. That's right, yeah. It's the only show where I pay to go up. Yeah, it should be fun. We'll see what happens. Sweet. So let's go to break, sir. And uh, we'll be right back, and we appreciate all of you. Patrick Ramirez, how are you, sir? Doing good. Looking forward to this. The mighty Josh Fonokalafi in studio. Hello, sir. Hello. Well, hello there. Do I, <laughs> I still don't sound like you. I sound like Santa Claus when I said that. <laughs> hello, <laughs> children. <laughs> I like I like your notion of what Santa Claus sounds like. Hello, children, with a big pause in there. Like he's mad at them or something. Like he's mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been naughty and into spanking? That would be the worst Santa Claus. <laughs> You know what? Sure you would. would be great for Bad Santa, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could be one of the Santas. One of the bad Santas <laughs> at the mall. Santa. Who, like, curses in the Santa outfit. Or something. Hits kids. You Dad little kids. <laughs> kids. You know what? Hate, you're the Santa Smokey. You're like, you know what? Hate kids. You know what? Hate kids. What did you apply for this job, Bad Santa? You know how God's going to punish you? Is you're going to get married, and you're going to have quintuplets. Like, just <laughs> first night honeymoon style. They're not ever going to be my kids, so that's going to be the worst <laughs> Just adopt them out. <laughs> so we got a movie game here. I don't know how you're going to win. you got to go 100%. So 100%. good luck with this, sir. got to go five for five. How are you feeling about this? Because I, I feel like I just dropped this game on you. I, I explained feel, it to you, but I don't know if I explained it well. I feel I feel good. I just got to guess oh, yeah. the ratings. I, I hate critics. Not even you don't have to guess the ratings. You have to guess which one did better, which one is it got the better rating. Oh, so I don't have to guess the number. Just which no, one no. got the don't better. No, don't have to guess okay. the number. It's just right or wrong. It's like multiple choice. You got an A and a B. 
Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I'm good with multiple choice. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So what's the first two movies we have then, sir? Okay, so the theme, Comedians in Movies. So the first matchup, we have 48 Hours versus Jerry Maguire. So 48 Hours has Eddie Murphy in it. Jerry Maguire has Jay Moore in it. So that's our two comedians. So let's, uh, we've got a couple clips here. Let's listen to a little uh, clip of, uh, this is 48 Hours here. So, very so that was uh, Nick Nolte, everybody. That was a very good movie. <laughs> Doing a dead on Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that was a very good movie. I love that movie as a I kid. I love that movie. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad, too, because like I love that movie so much, and when I reference it, everyone's like, who's Eddie Murphy? <laughs> really? Yeah, it is an old movie. See, I hate that movie. Be- See, I hate that movie in one respect because it made Eddie Murphy become a mega superstar af- or actor. Okay. And it killed him as a comic. Yeah. Did it? yeah like Beverly really Hill Cop and 48 Hours would really blow him up. go back to stand-up after the movies. No. No. But then how can you top Delirious and Raw? Like, right. Right? Just and tons of money off movies. I don't know how you beat uh, Pluto Nash. You're right there, Mr. Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> that was a... Uh, don't. Real bl- block <laughs> you don't Pluto Nash. <laughs> 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 you just changed the game on us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me the other one, sir. Okay, the other movie is Jerry Maguire. Let's listen to that clip. There we go. Hey. Hey, buddy. You okay? Fine. What's up? Came here to let you go. Pardon me? Came here to fire you, Jerry. It's real. You should say something. A crowded restaurants so there won't be a scene. You ungrateful. You just to yourself. You said fewer clients, you put it all down on paper. Jesus Christ. What about me? You know what I went through, knowing I was going to have to fire my mentor? Carrying that around in my head for a week? Could you get past yourself for a second? Jesus. You'll lose. You want it smaller. Oh, I'm over it. Now I want all my clients and yours, too. (laughs) Jay Moore looks like I hadn't seen what Jay Moore looked like in a long time, but he looks like that arrogant Harvard scum that you hate. (laughs) That, and he, he portrays that person in real life in his comedy and podcast perfectly. Like, he's a racist without being a racist. Like, he gets away with being a racist. It's, right, right. Uh, and then you got a... Uh, what's your obsession with Tom Cruise movies? I don't know if I picked a lot of Tom Cruise movies. Well, we, I we, had one last week. We had right? Rain Man. Had Rain Man, that's and right. And then you had one last week, too. 
what was last week? Oh, um, was it The Firm? Did I put The Firm in there? I know I had a lot of book ones. Yeah. I have picked a lot. Well, in that one, in my defense, we went Oscar-winning movies that first week, so he was in Rain Man. Okay. Right. But, yeah, I did pick a lot of Tom Cruise movies. And he's never won an Oscar. He hasn't. You're right. Yeah. What a mediocre human being he is. <laughs> She's Tom Cruise. <laughs> Way to disappoint all of America. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise. You seen uh, Jerry Maguire recently? He scares you. He scares me. <laughs> yeah, it's Scientology. I feel I like, well, not, not just like just him as a pro. Like I feel like, I feel like if there was a, like we talk about comics that would like come into the club and just shoot up the club one day. <laughs> He's like the guy that would like go to like a, a after party of a movie and just like blow a bunch of movie stars away <laughs> and we have to refill Hollywood. <laughs> there has been a lot of talk of open mic shootouts. I think he's blown out a bunch of Hollywood women. <laughs> We've got a few. We've got a few uh, potential winners in that category. It seems this last year, that could that could do some damage. Okay, so give me. Let's see, Josh. Uh, so, who do the critics prefer with those two movies? Uh, I w- I'm gonna go with 48 Hours. You like 48 like, Hours? Yeah, Jerry yeah, Maguire was good, but 48 Hours is a classic. Okay. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s breakout movie, though. Did you ever see uh, that Nickelodeon show that Cuba Gooding was on as a kid? And he, no. like, uh, throws water balloons at adults and stuff. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, it was, a, like, a little, like, game show for kids, and Cuba Gooding Jr. was one of the hosts of it. Yeah, really? look it up when you get home. It's really silly, like, innocent pranks, because it was on Nickelodeon. It was like, let's see who can do our homework the fastest. It was stuff like that. <laughs> and Cuba Gooding Jr. was a host. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Trying to encourage kids to so you, <laughs> <laughs> It was a different time, Joshua Fogolavi. <laughs> Uh, so you like 48 hours here? Yeah, I like, I like 48 hours. Okay. Let me give you the scores. We got 48 hours has a whopping 98% critics. Jerry Maguire has 85, so you got that one. Yes. You're one for one. Nice start. I agree with that. Coming for you, Jason. Yes. All right. I like this. with some trash talk. One in. Okay, next matchup. The movie Back to School has Sam Kennison in it. That's Ronnie Dangerfield versus Ocean's Eleven. It's Bernie Mac in it hmm. to it. So we got sort of an old movie and a, uh, a recent movie. So here's our uh, first clip. Welcome to contemporary American history. I'm Professor Turgeson. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past, but not me. I mean, I hold history very sacred, sacred. The way the farmer looks at the earth and he holds it sacred, the way a Christian takes the Bible and he holds it sacred. The way a lot of people hold their marriage sacred. So I feel about it. So why don't we dive right in by interpreting one of the easiest events in the last 20 years of American history. Now, can someone tell me why in 1975 we pulled our troops out of Vietnam? The failure of Vietnamization to impart their support caused an ongoing erosion of confidence in the various American but illegal Saigon regimes. Is she right? Because I know that's the popular version of what went on there. And a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. I was up on my knees in rice paddies with guns and Edwards going up against Charlie, slugging it out with him. Well, <laughs> he's like you. We're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh! 
Hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? I mean, these kids, they were in grade school at the time. And me, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. <laughs> that was Sam Kennison. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> Building to a nice yelling crescendo. <laughs> Love it. All right, that was uh, Back to School. That's an awesome movie. I haven't seen that movie in like over 15 years. Yeah, I should watch that again. What's the other one? Right, What's the next one? The other one, one is uh, Ocean's Eleven. Kay. This is Bernie Mac. Here you go. Should I call you Mr. Catton? You are Frank Catton, formerly of the Tropicana, the Desert Inn, and the New York State Penitentiary System. Are you not? Take it from your silence that you're not going to refute that. Mr. Benedict, I'm afraid you've been employing an ex-convict. And as you know, the NGC is... Goddamn cracker. <laughs> Excuse me? You heard what I said. Black man can't earn a decent wage in this state. That is oh, absolutely like you gonna try to throw me sir. out on the street. No one's throwing. I'm trying to do my job, yeah, sir. Do your job. What you want from me, man? Want me to get on the table and dance? Let me shine your shoes. Want me to smile at you? You definitely won't let me deal the cars. <laughs> you might as well call it white jack. Bingo. <laughs> what to say to that? That's sorry, Mr. Man. I just resent the implication that race has anything to do with this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Horrible thing to say. <laughs> But you, sir, of all people know that we at the NGC have always supported the hiring of colored... No, no, I didn't mean... I didn't, I didn't okay, mean... Okay. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie Mac has to be the best part of Transformers. <laughs> it was, I don't even know who was in Transformers. I never even saw that movie. Yeah, it was the first... It was, uh, oh, the first one. Okay. Yeah, was was that great, his last movie? It was his last movie before he passed away. Oh, and he got totally overshadowed by Megan Fox. Go on, and freaking Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf did the weirdest. He did like this museum thing where he like he sat in a museum with a bag over his head. Oh yeah, that's right. Saying oh. he wasn't. It said like I'm not famous or something on the bag. Yeah, and it was like his his like artistic apology to it. everyone could come in and say anything they wanted to. <laughs> yeah, he went off the deep end there. Man, it'll be a you know what we missed out as a society a buddy comedy Bernie Mac and Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> could have been the next the new Forty Eight Hours. Oh man. <laughs> This podcast is bumming me out, man. Shia Bluff and, and, and uh, Radio show, Tom sir. Cruise. Oh, all right. Tom Cruise, those go. guys freaking blow away Halloween. Oh, yeah. So That's who do you think Halloween. wins this one, Mr. Fonokolafi? Uh, back to school. Back is such to a, school. It's such a tucked away, it's just a tucked away classic. I don't think a lot of people know about it. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ocean's Eleven. When you got takes Brad Pitt, George Clooney, right, and you get such a mega Don Cheeto. Right. You gotta go with that one. Right, I'm Ocean's Eleven. So you like Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. So we got Back to School has 84%. Ocean's Eleven has 82%. Oh. You missed this one. That was a tough one. Oh, that was really no. tough. That was so close. That was very close. That was a tough one. I, didn't oh. think, I don't think a lot of people... You know the thinking I have with back, why Back to School is so high? Because it's not that great of a movie, story-wise. Right. But it's such a classic 80s, um, iconic comics in it. Right, Hill. right. So I think it gets a little bump just for, you know, That's nostalgic. The, I just want to make sure I got the movie right, Back to School. Because Dangerfield did a couple movies that... that That's right. Weird. Back to School. Groundhog Day. Uh, I don't think it was in Groundhog Day. 
Not, or not Groundhog Day. What's the one with Bill Murray with the groundhog that he's... Uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it just... That's right. he, this is big one. Back, back to school is the one where he does the diving board yeah. thing, right? Yeah, where, where, he, like, where jumps his son does every the... single time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the dumbest scene. <laughs> <laughs> like even for the '80s, that was terrible graphics. <laughs> even for the '80s, people there were with their collars up in the theater, like I don't know about this one. Star Wars made you believe they were flying through a Death Star, yeah. and Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> kept on set. <laughs> that was a great movie. All right, let's get on with the other ones. Okay, so third matchup: mm-hmm. Stir Crazy has Richard Pryor in it versus Half Baked has a slew of comics <laughs> in it. Right. You know, so this is a, this is another one, another young versus old. Here's our stir crazy clip here. What are you doing? I'm getting bad. You better get bad, Jack, cause you ain't bad. You gonna get, you bad. They don't mess with you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, home, get down. Hey. You a little too bad, ain't you? <laughs> yeah. Do some of these. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We bad. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's right. We don't want no shit either. That's right. Darn right. See, that that was a really tough one for me because every clip had the f bomb by Pyron. Like, there's no way to clean it up so every word's not a beep, right. beep, beep, beep. He doesn't have a clean seven minutes, no. per se. I just like how you got the, the one clip, though, that sounds like, like no one knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. If I remember right, they're walking through... Prison. Uh, yeah, prison jail cell. Hey, this right? isn't my fault, Mr. Yeah. Funnel Kalapi. <laughs> <laughs> you blame that guy over there. That's, that's right. words, <laughs> The orchestrator of this whole mess. So let me set up the next one for you. It's Dave Chappelle working in a hospital, being asked to get marijuana. Love it. Okay. Smell weed, man. Here you go. That's all you need. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Just Okay. Damn. Is someone's having a party or somebody got to do their shirt laundry? <laughs> here you go. One pound of marijuana and you can sign for it right here. <laughs> I, I signed for this and it's mine. Take it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Some good shit. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They're fighting over it. <laughs> Here's Seth. That's right. He's carrying a brick of weed right now, right? <laughs> yeah. the laboratory. Something yeah. for your troubles. <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Let's uh, not tell anyone about it, okay? <laughs> He's taking weed. Hey, why didn't you tell me when the did, man? We could have been hanging out months ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. The, the uh, Food and Drug Administration are having us do a study to determine what, uh, if any, are the uh, medicinal purposes of uh, marijuana. Mm. Wow. 
Well, if you ever need a guinea pig, let me know, you know. My grandfather was in the Tuskegee experiments. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thank you, John. That's a great I like line. a hospital where the, la- the lab guy just gives gives the janitor a fistful of weed <laughs> as payment. A little something for your efforts, for your troubles there. <laughs> We're doing a very a very strict study here, but take a, ha- take a handful. Go ahead there. That half-baked has my favorite scene and how I want to quit my job. Oh, yes. If you. Record you. store. You're cool if you amount. That's right. And then, like, he gets that girl to go with him. He's like, well, you want to be my girlfriend? She's like, I would, but I'm a lesbian. He's like, really? What's that like? It's like, he's not deterred by it. He's interested. He's like, what's that like? But I think, I think every guy would be like that. I think if you hit on a girl and she was like, oh, I like girls, and you'd be like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'm now more interested. It's not a deal breaker. <laughs> it's a new goal to convert her. There's no way I'd be interested in you. I don't even care. That's right. <laughs> so have you seen uh, any of these two movies more more recently? You've seen Stir Crazy in the last... I, I actually saw Half Baked like a couple of months ago. Just cause oh, okay. Somebody was on my board. Yeah, uh, Stir Crazy has been forever. Okay. All right. What do you think of these two? Uh, what do you think of the matchup? Just because just cause I... F Critics. I hate, I hate Rotten Tomato critics, but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with Stir Crazy Crazy winning just because like I think I think they would have thought at that time with a with a movie surrounding weed and then they spent ten minutes yeah. killing a feeding a horse and killing it with pizza. <laughs> That's right. Forgot about the pizza scene. <laughs> All right, so you're going Stir Crazy in this one. Yeah, I'm going okay. to Stir Crazy. So we got Stir Crazy, sixty-seven percent, half baked. 29%. Yeah. 29%. 29%. I was going to say, you think about it, and even though you like Half Baked, you're like, critics cannot like this movie. Yeah. They're not allowed to like this movie. I'm a certified so, meter jumper. Uptight, arrogant <laughs> bastard. Yeah. That's what they are. All right, so you got that one. Okay, you're, what's the next you're two? You're going two for three. So next two, we're going deep. We're going deep now. You got Deuce Bigelow, has Rob Schneider in it, versus <laughs> Dirty Work. Just Norm McDonald in it. <laughs> so we got a couple deep pulls now here. So here's our Deuce Bigelow quote. Excuse me, but clip. In America, they don't allow smoking in aquariums. Ah. Well, in Europe, we don't unilaterally attack a country just to steal their oil. What? <laughs> what? Did I offend you? Are you going to shock and awe me? Maybe you should check my pockets for weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just asked you to put your cigarette out. As in what is next? Take wine away from my children? I'll put out a cigarette. God bless America. The nicotine in that cigarette is poisonous. So they say. They could kill every fish in that tank. Poor little fishy. <laughs> hey, why are you with that loser? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider plays the best straight man. He plays the best confused straight man. He's like, what? <laughs> he has a great w- confused what? That used to be my favorite movie because I have a goldfish fetish. So any movie that has aquariums, like I will watch a hundred times just to look at the fish. That's right. Yeah, he's in a he's like an aquarium guy in that yeah. movie, right? And he, yeah. he turns into a male gigolo. Mm-hmm. If I remember this movie right, this intricate plot right. Right, because he crashes the the gigolo. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The preview has him knocking over a big old aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Deuce Bigelow. Okay, Let's hear the dirty work okay. clip. National office are coming here tonight for their annual inspection of this theater. 
Right now, I'm going to explain to you my managing style for the benefit I think this is Don Rickles here. The new guys. That's right, Don Rickles in this movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I picked it. So there you are, Tubby. Ah, look like a fucking alarm on a bad day. <laughs> you baby gorilla. <laughs> Why don't you work this? Baby gorilla. <laughs> Got a call yesterday from Baskin Robbins. They said that they're down to only five flavors. <laughs> swelling up as I talk to you. How's this? How's it doing? <laughs> Hello, ice cream. Having a good time? Running around? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I called your friend the fat pig, huh? You think that's funny? Oh, no, I was just laughing uh, earlier when you were talking to his belly. <laughs> a horse in the mountain someplace. Don't bother anybody. Got a personality like a dead moth. Okay. The fun's over. Anybody messes this thing up for me tonight is through. Not only are you fired, your life is over. I'll see to it that you never work again and that you wind up tearing tickets off in Kuwait. <laughs> I like Donner Eagles. I love it. I love the norm. Anyone who wants to hear world. a great bashing of a human being, type in Don Rickles Howard Stern on the Opie and Anthony show. He just spends an hour burying Howard Stern. Oh, that's got to be great. Oh, yeah. I gotta watch that. That's got to be great. I kind of want to watch the whole movie of Dirty Work now. <laughs> <laughs> just Norm MacDonald going through little hijinks in his Norm voice. Did you talk to his belly? Yeah. Ah, I talk to your belly. Oh, my God. You should see, uh, if you type in Norm MacDonald, Pokemon on YouTube, you get one of the greatest oh, really? McDonald clips ever. He's really good at live tweeting like the Grammys oh, and Oscars oh, yeah. too. Sports oh, too. Gosh, yeah. Just yeah, he, horrendous. Play-by-play -play sports <laughs> on it. A comic we would have thought that would have died ten years ago from <laughs> drugs, but he survived. Hang it in there. Hang it in there. He's an Iron Man. All right, who do you think there, sir? Uh, Deuce Bigelow, just, dirty work. Just because I think that uh, the critics don't like Norm Macdonald, I'm gonna make two predictions on this. Kay. First one, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, Deuce Bigelow because I'm gonna say they don't like Norm Macdonald. But you think they're gonna tolerate this eight foot woman with huge feet? Although this was before the PC world, right? Okay. And then, and then I'm gonna say that neither of them will be above thirty percent. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice going. So, that's my total. A little extra. Step back. Shoot that three. Right. All right. Okay. So we got Deuce Bigelow, twenty-three percent. Dirty work, seventeen percent. Well, you got this one. You got this one. You nailed the thirty. Uh, that almost counts for two. That might be worth a point five <laughs> on the on the score there. Are these our last two movies here? So? Last matchup. Okay. You got a really tough one, deep, deep pull. This is the movie House Guest, starring Sinbad, versus Grown Ups, starring Chris Rock, David Spade, uh, Kevin James. A lot of uh, comics in there. So another and Dan tough Patrick. matchup. And uh, here's the house. Your balls guest. dirty? What? I wash my balls religiously. I like them so clean, you can just feel every dimple. Thank you for sharing it with me. The cleaner the ball, the better the play. Especially when you pull out that wood. The quicker you get it in the hole with the least amount of strokes, the better, right? Are you trying to tell me something? Let me wash your balls for you. Now, as long as I have the stick, you won't. We'll wash them together. Why don't you just chill out, okay? I'll wash. You dry. Trust me. You get a lot more distance out. Yeah. Trust me. You're about to get yourself hurt. Come on. Just unzip your bag and pull out your balls. Come hey, on. Just back up. All right. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Suit, suit yourself. <laughs> the best is when, when the black guy's the fish out of water at a golf, cl at a golf course. 
just so like so much confusion, so much innuendo, and he and his and his uh, comeback is always violence. Like, you need to take a step back, back it up. We're not having this conversation right now. And the white guy's just as polite as can be. Let me give you a hand. Give me your hand with it. I love that clip. I'm glad you pulled that clip. I didn't know which one you're gonna pull of House Guest, but that was a good one. You you picked it right there. Oh, thank you, sir. Okay, what's the next one? <laughs> okay, this is from Grown Ups. Okay. I don't know what I fantasize about. Yeah. Candy bars. Candy bars? <laughs> no, I had no, a bad blood good. sugar test at my last checkup, and Sally cut me off. You're a grown-ass man. How do you deal with that? Oh, I got my own hidden stash. I'm not stupid. Oh, of course. <laughs> Seriously, I got it all. I got Reese's, Butterfingers, Three Musketeers. I hide them under my clothes in the, uh, in the bottom of the hamper. It's great because the smell on my sweat socks masks the chocolate smell. And, and, and the looks of your underwear masks the chocolate stains. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that sounded like an improv uh, scene there. Yeah, 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 you're right. I think a lot of that movie was... That's probably why it failed. Heard. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why it won all those Oscars, right? I'm gonna... What do you think? House Guest versus Grown Ups. I think House Guest is an underrated movie myself. I've always liked that movie. Yeah. But... I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Grown Ups. Going grown ups. Yeah, I feel I feel like the I feel I feel like they're gonna lean more towards Adam Sandler and They love David Adam Sandler. Spade. Like <laughs> just the Adam, like that whole that whole There's a lot of names in that movie. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And they're and they're good names too. Like the critic I feel like the critics would like those. Bunch names. of corporate sellouts is what I call them. <laughs> okay, so we got house guests versus grown ups and you're picking grown ups. Yeah. Okay. House guest on Rotten Tomatoes has fifteen percent. Grown ups has ten percent. Oh. See, the critics uh, hate dun, Grown Ups. Dun, dun. They hate it, which doesn't make any sense because they made two of them. Right, But right. they are not kind to the Grown Ups. So you went, let's see, you went three for five on this one. Duh. And I might give them a, a point five, a 3.5. Okay, that's fair. That for I'll give them a 3.75. Okay, we're going 3.75 out of five. Solid C, sir. Damn it, Harvey. <laughs> Yeah. So he defends. But I like how you, you went logic on all your picks on figuring out which one would critics would like. Because you didn't just say, oh, I like this movie better, this one did better. You, you picked it from the critics' point, point of view. Oh, yeah. So, Josh, are you a football fan? Uh, a little bit. Did I you watch the Utes game this past week? Not, not too big of a college. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what happened? No, no. Do you know what college football is? Yeah. <laughs> No, like they, they give college players a bunch of money to go run around. <laughs> That's right. It's the one with the sticks. Okay. And it's like hockey, but on grass. We're going to go to break here in just a second. Josh, go see Josh Fonokalafi. Ogden Wise Guys get off at the 21st exit up in Ogden. Saturday night, what is it, 7.30? Saturday night. Uh, yeah, be there by 7.30. Show starts at 8. Yes. That should be a fantastic show. Seriously, he is truly in my top five in comedy go here. Go see him, yeah. everybody. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, when we get back, we'll have the beautiful, the talented Michelle Bodkin in. She seems very mad out there. So uh, we will be right back. And you got a song for us, sir? Yes, I do. Sweet. Let's go. An appropriate theme here at All You Radio Hungry Eyes. Those Ute boys are very hungry. Uh-oh, we got Michelle dancing. Never mind. Let's just keep playing this. Continue on, carry on, man. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, 
I would like to think I'm good at dirty dancing, like in Dirty Dancing, but... You think that thought. You keep that thought going. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> I think in this Say case, it. somebody should put baby in the corner. Like. <laughs> <laughs> hell of a football game this past weekend. Uh... They're all turning into a hell of a football <laughs> game. Gosh, panic attack city I for Ute Nation. I was just saying, I at no point felt comfortable. I did not feel good the whole day. I was very nervous. I was going to say, that game, though, I felt was particularly expected. Because they always just seem to play each other so close. Something weird always seems to happen yeah, in that yeah. game. It just, it's inevitable. But this time, it bounced the Ute's way, and... It really did. That that was that was great to see because usually the luck bounces the other way. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, I was <laughs> thinking of all your like points, watching the game, low scoring, running game, and I was like, none of this is happening. No. There were scores early. Mm-hmm. Running game was not good for the first half anyway. Yeah. And I was so nervous. I was like, this is this is not going the way we want. Exactly. But credit to them, they pulled it off. I felt like. We had those two fumbles. We had the fumble at the one, right? Mm-hmm. And then that other one at the one in the seven. And I thought at that point, just not just not our night. This is yeah. not, this is too many mistakes. But they pulled it off. They did. They pulled it off. They what ended did up. They, what, how did they turn it around? It seemed, like, it seemed like the running game got going finally. I And, you know, this kind of goes back to what my uncle had told me about USC's defense is that they seemed to be good for about three quarters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it was like in that fourth quarter maybe that yeah you started seeing Booker having some better luck and I I think that was a big key actually I think their defense got a little bit tired and on the other side of it you know their offensive line I thought did a fantastic job keeping Utah's front seven you know out of their backfield you know they did a good job protecting Kessler but again in that fourth quarter it looked like they maybe were getting a little bit tired. That, yeah. You know, they had expended all the energy they could trying to keep these guys at bay. And yeah, they were did. finally starting to kind of break through. You saw, I think, Hunter Dimmick got the first sack on Kessler. And then he and uh, Nate Orchard on that very, very last Hail Mary, Hail Mary play. Oh, right. That's broke right. Broke through Second and just one. sandwiched him. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> To go back to what you were saying just a second ago, I actually ended up working that game, and I was on the near side, which is the visiting side, Mm -hmm. and during the second half of the game, I spent a lot of the time by the USC bench right around there because the ball started getting very stagnant between the 20s, and it seemed like the defensive line coach for USC um, walked over to them and said, and they were up at this point, and he said, hey, guys, this is not a scrimmage. Utah is very good. Don't slack off. He didn't say slack off. He used the F word. Well, you know, I mean. But it was very interesting. Coach cussing? Well, I never. Weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm offended by that. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I was on the field, it looked like Utah was playing very poorly offensively. When I went back and watched it, I was like, oh, that's a much different game. It was a way different game i i have to say this is the first game that i've been thoroughly impressed by utah's offense um and i mean that's not to say there's obviously things to work on 
But where I'm getting at is that I feel like when Dave Christensen was hired, I had this image in my head of, you know, all these weapons that they supposedly have were going to be used and, you know, that the offensive line was going to be able to hold and give, you know, whoever's the quarterback time to make whatever plays necessary. And for a while there, it was kind of turning into the Devontae Booker show, and they were so one-dimensional. And I was like, this wasn't exactly what I was envisioning, you know, with this new offensive coordinator hire. And, you know, I felt like this was the first game, and I don't count Fresno or Idaho State because, well, they're Fresno and Idaho right, they State. big. But, I mean, that was the first time that I felt like the offense really, really performed well against a good opponent this year, and it was nice to see. Did you watch the Florida State-Notre Dame game a week ago, two weeks I ago I was not able to, and I don't remember why I didn't So the last it. play of the game with Notre Dame, they ended up scoring a touchdown. They got a penalty on a pick play, mm-hmm. and that's the last play that Utah used against USC, and it didn't get called. I don't like the inconsistency of college football not calling it and then or calling it and then not calling it because I think USC could have a lot of anger towards the Pac-12 referees for allowing the pick play which is I'm not completely understanding I'm not able to explain it well enough but it's an illegal chop play kind of where you, you yeah essentially the receiver becomes a blocker while running his route yeah to free up the other guy which i thought was a good call in the notre dame game i thought that was the he saw it right to it i haven't looked at the the one from saturday but you're right it would be nice to have some consistency to it well and i mean on the other side of it too having kind of rewatched the game there were a couple of calls against utah or Mm -hmm. no calls against utah that i'm like wait you called it for USC yeah. mm-hmm. or vice versa, but you didn't call it the other way or even thinking back to other games. And then they do like, makeup calls too, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like makeup calls I was going to say, yeah, I feel like then, you know, the refs seem to feel obligated to do a makeup call because they screwed up whichever way it should have actually gone. And yeah, I mean, not to knock the refs too hard because that's a hard job and I think we talked about it last week I tried refereeing soccer and <laughs> you know this was not competitive soccer this was recreational soccer and <laughs> I would two have kids kicking a ball in a park exactly I would have <laughs> like, parents, those hands. <laughs> parents screaming at me about he shoved my kid he shoved my right. kid and for me it was like uh yeah this is a sport let them play yeah, like total thinkless if, job. It, if it's you know if it's totally blatant then absolutely i'll call it but no they're supposed to push and shove each other like yeah that's gonna yeah. be a few so i mean it's it's scuffies. it's hard i have learned repping is very 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 hard imagine <laughs> who even signs up for that job to be a referee because it just sounds so thankless it is. so much pressure too it and is. best case scenario no one remembers you right yeah, you know because exactly. we all know the few refs that made the huge mistake to it so yeah yeah, that's a tough one i i thought they called it fairly even but i did see those makeup calls Mm -hmm. a couple times the big thing you said it like i think the mvp of that game was the d because there was those series in the third quarter where i think we had like three in a row three and outs Mm -hmm. and every time the d stood tall got usc to punt they couldn't flip field position because i thought our offense was super stagnant and they gave them time they gave them time to get in a groove and then wilson made a couple big throws a couple Mm -hmm. first downs 
and got know. it. Got I, think, in there. I think there's a couple of MVPs for that game because I mean to with the kind of season that Wilson's had, where it's been back and forth and oh, you did well, or uh, mm-hmm. not so well, let's try the backup. And, you know, it was pretty flawless in that game. He, he did an overall pretty good job, you know, and to be able to, in that high-pressure situation, calm himself down. And it's something that he hasn't always been very good at doing in critical times is just letting the game kind of come to him and, you know, executing the way that he needs to. And on top of it, you know, his teammates around him Ended up, you know. They all stepped up. They that all was an stepped up big time. Drive. That that the last two passes, minutes yep. was absolutely amazing. You couldn't have scripted that better. I would like, yeah, I got to see that drive again. I really would like to see that drive. It, it was, was made awesome. a couple big throws. You made that big run mm-hmm. to it. You know what tripped me out? Maybe you can tell me this: the fourth down play mm-hmm. where USC's on the thirty and they go for it. They go mm-hmm. like without a huddle or a little mini huddle. Right. What, what was the thinking of not kicking it there? Arrogance. So, no, actually. So, having watched it back on TV, the announcer said that USC's kicker had been suffering like a groin pull, and they weren't confident with the wind blowing towards them that That he could make that kick. So they thought that their chance of making it on fourth fourth and two, I think it was, was better than their kicker making that kick. I see. So that's why they went for it. I don't and mind the call. I was just confused by it. They just, right. just Utah played it right. But mm-hmm. I was like, why not kick it here? But something had to be up. I, like, my heart sank because I thought I was down on the field at that point and on the opposite side, so I couldn't see what happened. And it, the only thing I could tell is that he made it past the first down marker. Right, yeah. And so I was like, oh, no, no. But then replay shows he had a whole yeah, out of, it was super he, clear. He had no idea that he was that far out of bounds. Who's the D end on that right side? Because he was not fooled at all. That was Nate Orchard that chased that him a, down. He played it right. He played discipline ball, pushed mm-hmm. him out. Yep. That was awesome. Yep, and I think because that's the play you I'm always see that goes for like eight yards. Nelson, I think it was Nelson Aguilar that had the ball, and I think he panicked a little bit when he saw that Orchard was kind of right there, and stepped a little too far. Uh, that would have been to his left mm-hmm. and was out of bounds before he reached. Yeah, gave the offense a chance. First down marker. I saw something very interesting about the USC squad as a whole. And mm-hmm. I've worked every game the last three years except for one. And I think it was when Oregon first came to town the first year. Okay. What I noticed was the type of human being that USC recruited they're taller, they're leaner, their ankles are thicker, than their arms are longer, their necks are longer. They're a different type of athlete. And I forget the man's name, but number 90 on the defensive line, I guess he's going to be a top seven or eight pick this coming NFL draft for USC. And I've never seen a human being like that in terms of, oh, so that's what an NFL world-class athlete is. Right. And their team was stacked with them. Mm-hmm. Now, when you see Stanford come in last year, they were big, they were strong, they right. were very muscular, but they didn't have that next genetic leap that the USC boys had. I was stunned by the power and the quickness of USC and how well Utah 
wasn't afraid. They were suplexing guys again. They were gang tackling. They were squaring up, at least Booker was when he went to get low and gain that extra two yards. The wide receivers weren't be, being intimidated when they were getting their shoulders pushed down when they were jumping up. You know, they, they, they were playing hard. Utah's come out and said that they are not afraid of anybody. Yeah, sure look like that. They are not afraid of anybody. Yeah, it really looks that way. They look um, good. You know, and I remember, I think it was at the press conference Monday after the game. They, was it? Gosh, now I don't know where it was. Hunt, I think it was, I heard an interview with Hunter Dimmick, and he was talking about how he was put on this kid that is like six foot nine and over 300 pounds. He's like 370 pounds. And I mean, Hunter is already a pretty big guy. Is that the on the defensive side? No, that was the offensive line for okay. USC. Um, yeah, he was the only fat guy on USC's team. <laughs> no, seriously, like. Because you usually see, like, a bunch of heifers on either side of the line. Right. But he was the only one that like, was, like, truly. Yeah, like I jelly think, rolled. I think yeah. I kind of remember seeing him at one point. Um, but, yeah, and he just said, you know, I – He was a replacement that came in for he, the it was, injury. It was one of those things where Hunter said, I've never seen a human being that big before in my life. And, you know, at times it was kind of like he gave me a run for my money. Like he was very hard to stop Mm -hmm. because he was just that much bigger than I am. And I'm a big guy. And but he's like, you know, when push comes to shove, I was not afraid. I was not afraid. I was going to go out there. I was going to do what I had to do in order to stop him and be able to make a play. So USC's running back is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He is definitely going to the NFL. Oh yes, I like it. What's his name? Buck. Uh, Buck Allen. Buck Allen. I like I, the name. I think Buck. His first name <laughs> like is Javaris <laughs> or something like that. Actually, so Buck's a nickname. I don't know where okay. Buck. Came oh, that's from. a bummer. <laughs> yeah, Buck I miss Allen. The days when parents would name their kids Buck. <laughs> Oil can. Oil <laughs> can. <laughs> Still the best name. <laughs> so, the Utes have. How are they with injury? You know, a little hard to say because Wit doesn't so really talk about it, and that's fine. I mean, there's really no reason to. Nobody needs to know exactly for sure except for them until Saturday rolls around. It sounds like, you know, they got a little bit banged up, but... So did USC. Yeah. They almost lost their quarterback on the first play. Oh, my gosh, that hit. That, yeah. uh, 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 low, low, low to Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that was a hit. I was talking with Bill Riley on Sunday about that hit, and we both were of the opinion we didn't think Kessler was going to come back. We thought Kessler was done. He was dealing with that injury the whole game because I was watching him, and you could see him stretching out. You could see the trainers coming over about every 20 minutes. And, I mean, it was a perfectly legal hit. I went back, watched it again. It was, you know – he just he got down low and he had some momentum and Lowell's a big kid. He's he's but I mean the great thing is he's only a freshman. Wow. He's only a freshman. So he's gonna be back and doing more and more of that. And he I might think, be growing still on. too. Very possible. <laughs> he and Dante Exum. <laughs> Very possible. So before we get to the Arizona State game, I have some major problems with the Utah fans before I get to USC. Okay. Rushing the field when you beat a team that's ranked behind you 
you approve or you disapprove? I don't have a problem with the fans rushing the field. And there's a couple of reasons why. One is that Utah has had such a rough go in the Pac-12 as it is that to finally be having some success, to finally, you know, be, you know, showing that they really, really, truly belong. And it's not like, oh, how cute you guys competed type thing. You know, you you took us right to the edge. It's competing and beating some of these teams. Then you have to consider it's USC. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. One. It doesn't matter if they're rated below you, above you. It's freaking USC. It's mm-hmm. a storied program, and it's the third storied program within the year that they've beaten, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal. They became bowl eligible. Uh, they haven't actually beaten USC at home since 1911. So oh. it's just like. Y- you add up all of that, plus, you know, blackout game. It felt very much yeah, like the TCU game. 2008 blackout game, that very first blackout game. It felt a lot like that. There was just so much riding on it. And then the other part of it is I think it – I feel like it's become a Utah tr- tradition that when you beat a big opponent, whether they're ranked above you, below you, they're not ranked at all, whatever, that – you kind of do go and rush the field. Yeah. But see, here's my problem with it is they were some of the most disrespectful people I've ever seen in my life that our audio board for Fox Sport 1 was broken in half by people jumping over the fence onto their board. And then the guy tried to get in a fight with our head audio guy. Okay. Like it was a pushing and shoving. No, people I didn't were, know People that. were so disrespectful to me. I was the guy supporting the lead camera that was going to get interviews. They tried to take my camera guy's camera. So when the Utes huddled, he put his camera above his head with both hands so he could point down above the huddle and get a great beauty shot. And some fan tried to rip the camera off. The guy almost got murdered, like literally. And I saw women kicking uh, male fans because they were teasing her husband. And I saw a couple of punches being thrown. It was some of the most poor sportsmanship I had ever seen. Because we've had fans celebrate before, especially with Stanford, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't the same type of aggressiveness Mm -hmm. and complete disrespect. Because, yes, you're excited, you're you're having a fanboy moment, but right. you have to realize that there's security working, there's right. players working, there's camera people working. And it was a very, I finally got, once I got the camera guy into the press pressers, I walked away and went back to the trucks because I was going to get fired because I was about to lose it. Right. And that shouldn't be the way it is for anybody. No. And see, I didn't realize that. I was kind of on the outside of all the madness, so I didn't see any of that. But even if you saw with ABC4's news report, he's doing his stand-in, and and, uh, Dana likes when the crowd participates with his live feeds, but they completely smoked him out of his shot. I think he he tells them that they can. That that bad. That happened with Stanford, too. I think... Yeah. But not with that aggressive. I don't know. And I don't know what Dana was trying to do there, but it looked like he got completely thrown out of the shot. Dana doesn't care. You like that? Okay. Dana likes that. Well, uh, I, I no. would have had a big problem with it. See, and I still do. And I was going to say, that's that would be my one thing. And it's one of those things. 
be respectful when you do it. And like I said, I didn't see anybody be disrespectful. I saw, you know, excited people, whatever. Like I said, I wasn't fully invested in that. The N-word was used towards a USC player from someone sitting front row with his child next to him. Mm. Uh, You're an effing continue on the sentence. Uh, USC was continually, the defensive line was continually interacting with the fans. And it got embarrassing for USC. It's like, why are you, right. even their coaches said, they're not, pay, they're not, they're paying to see you play. Why are you interacting with them? Right. There was a USC player that peed in a water bottle and threw it onto the field. And one of the athletic, uh, he's not a director, but he's high up, right. was trying to get the guy, like, he was like, walked up to their people. He's like, why are they pissing all over my field? Like, it was one of the most disgusting things I'd ever seen. What, That's which, a little weird because that takes a, a, a solid 45 seconds and yeah, to do that. They, they circled around because <laughs> yeah. I was right there, and I it saw was. them circled around with someone in the middle. And then you just see this bottle of piss hit the ground, and it's dripping out onto the field. And it's like, I've never seen that. And the amount of trash on the field from USC I'd never seen in the 15-plus games I've worked there. Like, it was littered with trash. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my big thing is, again, always be respectful. And kind of going back to the rushing the field thing, I think if you're the visitor, that's when you need to sit and act like you've been there before. Don't go and rush someone else's house. Mm -hmm. If it's your house, rush away. But Mm -hmm. be respectful, again, of the people that are working. You know, be careful. Don't get so rambunctious that people get hurt, that sort of thing. Again, I didn't see half of what it was that you said you saw, but if that's the case, that's a little bit disappointing. Do you think we see added security sort of situation to prevent this in the future? I is that even possible? To I'd prevent? like to see it banned personally. So, and it's a safety thing for me, and yeah, yeah, for the players, thing, and then it's an issue. Yeah. yeah, I I would have to imagine that if Utah beats Arizona State on Saturday, there will be upped security for Oregon. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, if Utah happens to beat Oregon and go 8-1. It's a national title discussion. That's that's huge. Mm-hmm. That is huge. And you know that people are going to be rushing the field for that. So I I think, yeah. Should Utah – should the University of Utah be more responsible in protecting the fans – and giving stairwells to come down to the field because that's a ten foot drop. Right. Yeah, I saw. I, them, I, yeah, being helped over. I'm gonna it's say a deep I. Fall. I think after the 2008 TCU blackout game, there was some discussion about that because I think some people did get hurt in the process of trying to jump over, and it never materialized because there really hasn't been a reason to rush the field since yeah, that hasn't been a game. Lot of well, the Stanford um, game, there's a woman, and I'll try not to laugh while I say this, but she was a good 250, 260. She jumped the field and shattered her ankle. Ugh. And everyone, no one stopped except for her husband, and like people were just jumping right. over her, and <laughs> she uh, was screaming. You and failed at the no laugh. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I'm sorry. You know, I, I think especially – and I think it'd be contingent on whether or not they do stadium expansion and some of that. That may be something that they need to consider is having some stairwells that lead down to the field if they want to still allow people to go out on the field to celebrate with the team. Now, if they're finding that people aren't behaving themselves when they go out onto the field to celebrate with the team, 
you know, yeah, they may need it. to think of a way to make it harder for people to get down there. So, which I don't know how you can do without I, obstructing the view. Exactly. Because, right. you yeah, know, I don't know how you you go about this, but I would think you could arrest people. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Set it, them. But then that becomes a police state, and who wants to go to a football game? Right. It's it's one of those people. Fans, it's a catch just, just please be responsible. Yeah. Just be, be cool. responsible. Be cool, everybody. <laughs> or harsh the campus mellow. <laughs> <laughs> so I know this becomes a hypothetical, and uh, there were a lot of what-ifs with the game. Mm-hmm. Had Utah not fumbled those two footballs and, let's say, got two touchdowns or a touchdown and a field goal, right. are we looking at a 14-20 point win by them? I know. That's crazy. And Or... Does USC's just start with an overall air assault and, you know, pick on Hatfield and just throw long? I think if Utah had been able to score on those two fumbles, I think it would have been game over. I think USC would have been so demoralized. And I think it's because I think it's partially because in their head, they are USC. We are, you know, national champions. We're Heisman Trophy winners. We do this, this, and this. What has Utah done? And to be, yeah. and I think kind of like how what happened with Boston College, you know, they got behind Boston College, and it was just like it just steadily got worse for mm-hmm. them. It did feel like they were teetering, like it was going to take a, a touchdown or a big play to to bring the knockout punch. We didn't get it, so they stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. But it did feel like we had a little more momentum mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. USC for majority of the game. I, and those I two think fumbles so. really hurt. They they really did. It would have totally changed the outcome of that game. We I mean, would be super bummed out Utah, if they had lost. Utah potentially would have been at least two, maybe three touchdowns ahead of USC because, mm-hmm. I mean, they really didn't have quite the same scoring perspectives that Utah did. Yeah. So, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure if they would have been able to catch up if Utah had really jumped out on top of them like that. So Utah travels to Arizona to face the Sun Devils at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. They're first place in the South Division, 6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. They beat Weber State, uh, convincingly. Uh, New Mexico they beat, 58-23. Colorado was their first Pac-12, 38-24 they won. They lost to UCLA, 62-27. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat uh, USC the following week in a Hail Mary, yeah. 38-34. They went into Stanford and beat them 26-10, which was an impressive win. Mm-hmm. Last week, they went to Washington 24-10. So they're a proven team. They're a very good team. Mm-hmm. ASU is good. I would say their Achilles heel is definitely their defense. Their defense is not all that good. So Utah's offense needs to show up and at least perform the same way that they did against USC this past week. And as far as the defense matching up with the offense, I like it. I think Utah's defense is equally as good as whatever ASU puts out offensively. So that's going to be a real battle. But I think where we'll see it being won is whose weaker spot performs better in that game. I'm concerned with our cornerback play at Utah. There's a little bit of juggling going around because of injuries. I I Hatfield got picked on quite a bit. I think he gave up what ten catches last week. Not a ton, no. Actually, I think he overall graded out pretty well. Did he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially towards the middle of the game, that 
between like the second quarter and they the definitely third tightened down they uh, tightened down yeah. they were able to stick with those receivers late too so they, mm-hmm. they were on an island a long time those dbs yeah no i think overall they handled it pretty well as well as could be expected so you know i honestly am not too worried about how like hatfield will handle himself or you know some of them justin thomas had a fantastic game you he sure did. You didn't really see it initially. I didn't honestly see it watching it live, but watching the replay, Justin was always there on his guy, helping tackle. He was always there, always around the ball. So, you know, I think they'll be okay. I felt like if anyone got picked on, it was Orphe. Yeah. Um, and that's when they moved Roe back and had Marcus Williams come in at safety to try and help alleviate that a little bit because I think they figured they wouldn't mess with Roe as much as they were trying to mess with Orfe because he hasn't played a whole lot this year. But overall, I thought they did well. And, I mean, even that being said, Orfe was the one that had the scoop and score to start the game. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Utah probably goes in the top ten if they win or right outside that bubble. I I would say somewhere between 15 and 10. Are they a a top ten team? They, defensively, they are. Defensively, they definitely are. Special teams, are. they are. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think the argument is, is against them is just the offense. Mm-hmm. Just haven't put up points. They um, grind it out. They're a grinded out team. And I think that's exactly it. I, I'm not sure we'll ever really see this offense totally curb stomp an opponent this year. At yeah. least this year. He's not I there. think the potential is there maybe next year once they kind of figure a few things out. Everybody's together for more than one season. And Salaki doesn't get hired as a head coach somewhere. Sataki. Sataki. Did I say Salaki? Yes. <laughs> you call him Salami. Hoorah. Hoorah. <laughs> uh, no, I – and, you know, if Sataki ends up getting hired somewhere as a head coach, I'm not too worried about that position because I think the logical choice would be to move Morgan Scally up. And I think Little he's, Morgan. Little Morgan. I, I love watching him run from the elevators to the – to the locker room it's fantastic he's such a great guy Mm -hmm. uh but you know what i think he's ready and i think he's been ready for a while to take that over and he'll have kyle there to help kind of guide him and you know get him his job is safe yes yes this is an outstanding year for him and the program i you know it's one of those things everybody was talking about is he really a pac-12 coach and you know he does things differently than most Pac-12 coaches. He plays defense. He plays defense. He does. He coaches them up. And, you know, the thing for me was he has to learn how to be a Pac-12 coach but still keep his style. And I think he's finally started to figure that out. You know, and again, I think if you kind of keep your offensive staff together, most of your starters are going to be returning again next year. I think some good things could honestly Has start Has Booker happening. indicated any way, or is he just focused on? I think he's just focused on playing. And I know that a big, big goal for him is finishing school. So oh, I don't think he's going to let the playing get to his head. He has a little boy. I don't okay. know if you know that. He has a little boy that he has to worry about now. And so, you know, he wants to make sure that if the NFL stuff doesn't work out, he has the school sure. to fall back on. So. Nice thing the Pac-12 did as of yesterday with their scholarships a guaranteed four-year scholarship so Mm -hmm. these kids can't get cut essentially if they go to the nfl and it doesn't work out they can go back and still get their scholarship 10 years down the road 
very smart thing by the Pac-12. I think that's... That's just a Pac-12 thing. Just a Pac-12 wow. thing. As where with Texas, they're going to be paying their players 10000 a year. Uh, the Pac-12 is giving you a full scholarship for the rest of your life. Um, so if you want good level-headed players, that's a good thing. And I know working for the Pac-12 n- network, they're very interested in students mm-hmm. building, keeping education first. I mean, you look at, we have UCLA, USC, Stanford, Berkeley. We have some very high-powered intellectual uh, communities. So, You know, I think the Pac-12 is taking, taking what they mean by being the conference of champions to a whole nother level, and that is by including the academic side of things as well. Uh, I think most of the schools, their athletes graduate at high rates and Mm -hmm. have good GPAs on top of it. These are incredibly bright people that are playing sports for this particular conference. And so, you know, I, I like that they're taking the stance, you know, and making it possible for these kids that if they see a chance to really make it big, in their respective sport to be able to leave but if it doesn't work out to be able to come back and keep pursuing their education i think is fantastic me too so do you have any predictions scores for this coming saturday i still like utah i i think i like utah for this game i think utah's defense will be able to slow down arizona state's offense enough and I think I think fingers crossed that uh, Utah's offense has found its swag a little bit and will build off of what happened this past week at Air, or with USC and take it down to Arizona State. They've been fantastic on the road so far being oh. Michigan at Michigan and UCLA at the Rose Bowl and you know fought out a double overtime with Oregon State, I I like their chances. Yeah, so. they're getting more battle tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It's one of those things. It's not that I've ever not believed in them because I've always felt like these kids, these guys, can do whatever they put their minds to. And you know, the last couple of years it hasn't worked out. It's finally starting to work out for them. And I can just see with every win, going to practice, talking to them getting their take on some of it, they become more and more determined week after week after week. And the one thing that a lot of them have brought up is that they remember how awful they felt after that Washington State loss. And they've said they do not want to feel that way again. They do not want to feel that way again. And I 100% believe them. They just seem so focused and have their eye on the prize. Now, I, I think they probably do lose one more game somewhere along this stretch. I think so, too. I don't yeah. think it's Arizona State, though, but I'm not exactly sure who it's possibly going to be. Give me a score. Score. Mm, what do I like? You think high scoring? You think this is a grinded out? And you too, Patrick. What's your score? Uh, I think this game potentially might be a little high, more high scoring. Some of that's going to depend on, I think, well, I guess it doesn't really matter, though. I'm going to say some of it might depend on whether it's uh, Taylor Kelly playing quarterback or uh, Mike Bercovici 
But really, they both have done well. They both moved the ball excellently. Berkovici, oh my gosh, what a backup to have. I still like Utah's defense to stop them, though. I, I'm i going to go with a familiar score. I'm going to say 31-17 for Utah. Okay. Pat? Okay. Um, I like them. I like a lot of aspects of them. I fear the letdown. Mm-hmm. Big game, big game at home, on the road, ranked opponent. I think we're grinding out another one, though. I think they showed that if the running game isn't uh, super effective early, that they can stick with it, mm-hmm. to it. So I, I like a 17-10, 17-6 sort of game to it. I, I think they grind one out. I think uh, down the road I see one more loss. But I don't think it's this one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's this week. I see the Utes in a breakout game, best performance of the last four years. 56-21 Utah. Oh, I like that. You can go the opposite. Like the Letdown game, the opposite is now we're rolling. I see Trames Drez Anderson, 140 yards, eight like catches. Um, Kenneth Scott getting seven party. catches. I really was impressed by Wesley Tonga last week. I thought that was great considering how many scouts were in the stadium because I saw a bunch of them there. So what I didn't realize at the time watching the game live that they were running 21 personnel a lot. Yes. They had a CLA Fakalatonga out there, and I think I he like was doing name. more of the blocking that, Is that West... the guy we just interviewed before the show? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We interviewed no, no, Josh no. Fonakalabi. Sorry. I, 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 think, uh, I think they had him out there doing a lot of the blocking that they had kind of had Wes doing, and they freed Wes up to be able to catch the ball um, a little bit more. And, God, why haven't they allowed that i because they don't play a pro system and they were doing pro system stuff last week even so i mean he he showed in the first couple of games that he's super reliable too so it's just kind of sucked that he's been blocking when they really needed someone to go out there and catch the ball and the Mm -hmm. receivers haven't always been the most reliable at getting that done you want him used as a weapon Mm -hmm. so if someone's sick of reading their art history book Mm -hmm. where can they go find some literature that will not only be fun to read, but will enlighten them. Uh, you go to utezone.com, of there course. Of course. Where else course. are you going to go? It does cost some money in order to read most of my stuff. And Have your parents pay for yeah, it. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Yeah, it's for your uh, education, kids. Exactly. You need to be football and basketball educated. That's just, that's, it's, choose your priorities, please. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, alongside, you know, my great writing that you can read, you can see recruit updates by Alex Markham. We're getting into basketball starting next week. So Brett Borg will be writing a ton of stuff about basketball. Dan Swanson is just around finding whatever he can about, you know, former players, maybe new recruits current players anything that he thinks will pique your interest he posts it like crazy and then of course I'm more on the football end of things so I mean there's a lot to read and of course the interactions with the people on our board are also fantastic and they also bring a lot of interesting material to the table as well and you're on twitter at m bodkin rivals okay pat where you at on twitter I'm at Patrick in my head. Tweet at me. Yep. I always tweet back. Tweet at OU Radio, uh, O-L-U-T-E-R-A-D-I-O, or at Mr. Underscore Bloom, B-L-U-M-E. Uh, go ahead and troll me. I, I need a tr- new troll now that 
the Rush Limbaugh stuff has subsided. Oh, you control, yeah. Yeah, Everybody I do. needs a troll in their life. Yes. <laughs> it's life worth living. So I see Jackson Banks pacing, pacing back out there. there. Like a wild, wild animal. So your counselor will be in here shortly. I know he's got a great guest coming in. Michelle Bodkin, I thank you so much for joining us. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Are we going to have you next week or are we going to wait for Oregon to come? Oh, no. We have to talk about the work or ASU game okay, before we get beautiful. into Oregon. So, so yeah. in the 8 o'clock hour next week, you'll be in. Mm-hmm. And we'll do our best to fill the first hour. So, Woohoo. Yahoo. <laughs> Patrick, as always, thank you, sir. I appreciate your kindness and your hard work. You know it. And everybody, sincerely, go to Ogden. Get off that 21st exit on Saturday. Go see Josh Fonokalafi, one of the brilliant men in Salt Lake City, comedy-wise. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, go tell him we, we send you over there. Yes. Give him a razzin. Why don't you play me out with a good tune there, Patrick? I got one for you. Okay, sweet. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. This is Sasha with All Ute Radio.